Hey, cats and kittens. On my recent trip to the UK, I had a chance to sit down and talk with John Drake, lead singer, and Scott Miller, drummer, for the band The Dust Coda, TDC, their music that we love so much. I had a chance to ask them a little bit about their inspiration and the music they create, and I think you're going to be impressed by what you hear. People stream our station because it is request driven. We play what our listeners love to hear. So that's cool, though. You want, I mean, I, I like that sort of variety because it's not trying to be particularly on trend. It's just like what people want to hear. And especially in um, rock music, it's you've got 60, 70 years worth of great material to play with. So your musicianship is awesome. The bass line, Tony Ho, the guitars, super strong vocals, and some guy named Scott on the drums. Very definitive music-driven rock and roll. It's not. So how do you categorize yourself and the songs that you create? I think we are a wonderful amalgamation of all the classic, melodic, edgy rock and roll the last kind of 40 Mm -hmm. years. We haven't really tried to do this intentionally. It's just our music tastes kind of reflect that. When Adam and I, for example, start writing the songs, it just kind of comes through naturally when we start playing and get ideas and things and you'll be like, oh, that could be a bit like, you know, brown sugar mixed with creeping death. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but like we have these moments where like, you know, I'm thinking like from like early Metallica, but if you slowed it Mm -hmm. down, it sounds a bit like Soundgarden or stuff like that and we just kind of jam on ideas and then when we bring it to the band Scott and Tony it takes on even more of a life of its own comes out sounding like TD Singh you're like oh man that's cool they love you guys and I think they'd want to know what you were listening to as well or what some of those bands that they probably very much love you know what kind of music and has it been a lifelong adventure and I'm supposed all start, of you Scott? have a different answer yeah, yeah I'll kick off because I think one of the main things that gives us our sound is that we're all brought up on very similar bands so I would say late 60s through to mid 90s start with the Rolling Stones through to Guns N' Roses and then ACDC sort of being the the bedrock the rhythm section of it all I suppose each with different interests around that whether it's more on a singer-songwriter route or a, a heavier angle with I think we all like Metallica and stuff. I'm a huge ZZ Top fan. Yeah, so I think the the spine of the band and the influences are all very similar, which is great. So we're all on exactly the same page when when we're writing songs. But I think um, when we're performing songs, what John does especially is bring in some of his influences, which are probably a bit more diverse than mine, for example. And and it's the same with Adam as an incredible guitarist and a huge Eric Clapton fan. What does he think of Tom Morello? I'd like to know. Huge fan. We oh, yeah. Huge fan. Yeah, gotta be. Funnily enough, I mean, I actually personally as a drummer loved jazz as I was growing up and, you know, like Buddy Rich and Charlie Watts, but famously a great jazz fan and a jazz drummer, but happened to land up in the biggest, one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, which it's great that whatever you class rock and roll, it can encompass all these influences. We're doing exactly that. Yeah, thankfully people dig it. Yeah, like on top of what Scott said, like there's there's a kind of a baseline brings us all together. And I actually think the fundamental baseline that brings the band together is ACDC. We all love ACDC equally in this band. But Adam comes at it from a different perspective for me. You know, he's very Eric Clapton in his thinking, very clean guitar playing. Where he might be into Clapton, I'll be into Bruce Springsteen. I'm very much from a lyrical perspective. I'm a huge Leonard Cohen fan, huge Bob Dylan fan and devouring 
Bob's records. Huge Ryan Adams fan, which obviously is part of the lineage of mm-hmm. great American singer-songwriters. Then I got really into some industrial stuff. I got into Nine Inch Nails. So out of that whole bunch of new metal, I, nothing could touch the downward spiral, Nine Inch Nails. That to me was just, I still think it's just one of the most mind-blowing records ever, ever. I'm all about the musical simplicity of ACDC, the poetry of Bob Dylan, but also the orchestral sophistication of, say, Nine Inch Nails. And that's right. what Nine Inch Nails is. It's really just industrialized Symphony, orchestral yeah. arrangement. It's like layering a net of nerves over what you talked about with lyrics and music. It's some yeah. sort of electric energy. Absolutely. Like, I don't know if you've heard a song of ours called Let Me Go. So that, to me, in my head, that's a Nine Inch Nails song. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, all the chonking big, that's how I wrote it in my head as like a, a Nine Inch Nails song. Right. But someone in the band says, let's double the speed and I play the riff and it suddenly turns into this fast paced kind of punk classic rock song. But that's, that's the okay. fun thing about it. Well, because it, it has to be a product of the band. I mean, it doesn't have to be, but right now you're in the band, so it kind of does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's time to check in with drummer Scott Miller and lead singer John Drake from the Dustcota. They had some thoughts on the blues, and uh, I told them how much we love our blues crews here aboard the Magic Bus, and they had some great insight into the influence of and the foundational qualities of blues as the grandpappy of rock and roll. Let me ask you this. Scott had mentioned jazz. I have a lot of fans that have a new love for the blues, and we listen to a lot of contemporary blues artists that are very metal and then all the way back to something like Gatemouth Moore and obviously the Stones heavily blues influenced band. Do you consciously incorporate syncopated rhythms or anything that is blues or does it just end up sounding like a cool blues influence? I think it comes naturally. All the blues stuff, because all the records we listen to, and I once I said this to Adam when we formed the band, I said, I want us really to be like Metallica playing cream riffs, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and, and essentially Metallica playing cream riffs is like cream playing Robert Johnson riffs. And so you go to today's rock and roll band and you just keep going back and back and back. And back. It all goes right. back to the blue. It's all in the DNA. So you don't even have to think about it. And it just becomes rock and roll. The label we, we've had, which I quite like, was Rock and Soul. Rock and Soul, cool. But I mean, it captures, like John says, all those sort of bluesy elements that influenced rock and roll from day one. Um, yeah. But it just sort of comes through us organically, which is just, it, it's lovely. And, and people yeah, might put a term on it, but not shy of having all those blues influences or, or soul or whatever. It's just all, all encapsulated in our sound. Yeah, because it stands up. It's going to touch people. It's going to ring true with them. And so we've been calling it the new wave of classic rock, but it goes a long way to bridge the gap. And I think bring younger people more toward rock and roll and what it means to have guitar parts and strong bass lines and strong vocals and maybe a little bit away from the pop. Not that we want to put anybody down or take away from them, but I think that it kind of bridges a gap. And so you've got generations that can listen to the same music and people enjoying music together. I agree with you. And and what's been cool about the last couple of years is that because it's an actual scene in the UK, 
the new wave of classic rock, that kind of label kind of started in the UK and gradually seeping out. And what I find is when I come across fans occasionally who, you know, might speak to me when they run into me or whatever on the street, they say, man, like this is the real deal. They're like, they're almost surprised (laughs) that this kind of music is still getting made, but it's modern. All right. I'm like, yeah, man. It's because you know what? On most radio stations, they're just playing... Uh-huh. And they're playing overly produced, compressed, yes, rubbish. Right. And so when they hear something, <laughs> when they hear something that is just like, holy, sh- that's a riff. That's holy a riff sh- band. That's a thumping. <laughs> drums and this guitar solo and this and they got something they can chant they go holy people do make music like that and they get right off on it their record company is another good band winery dogs i don't know if you're familiar with winery dogs but that's richie Cotson and and billy sheehan and mike portnoy it's like three gods of masters of their instrument and then they came together but it's so musical and it's so easy to listen to and if i play it in my car if i have to give you a ride to the airport you're going to be okay and you're going to be great with dust coda it's music it's so cool I know so many of our listeners have an interest in music. Maybe you've even got your band put together. And uh, I, I sat down with Scott Miller, the drummer, and John Drake, the lead singer from The Dust Coda, and they talked a little bit about the landscape of rock and roll these days and what it's like to navigate the industry. It seems like it's kind of the same worldwide. Here's what they had to say. What is it like being in the industry? I once saw an interview with a young band that's coming out of California, And somebody asked him about their influences. And the answer was Greta Van Fleet. I'm like, well, you're probably, you know, chronologically older than Greta Van Fleet. But I think what they meant was Greta Van Fleet as an inspiration to being a part of the industry today and finding their way. So I wonder what it is like to find your way because you're in the UK. What is it like navigating the industry? So for us, you know, we've been a band for not far off 10 years and John and Adam certainly right. been writing for 10 years. So this album is is getting on people's radar in a, in a much bigger way. And it, it charted right. all the things that are sort of borderline hit record in, in the rock realm, which is incredible to get that recognition. But in an industry, especially a sort of rock and roll roots, live music industry for the last 10 years in London, it mm-hmm. isn't great. And it still isn't. You've got to really fight your way through to get heard. And we were, were lucky in the last couple of years to get picked up by a label who put the investment behind us to get our, our name out there. And that's a great commitment from them. Era, really great independent label who, who support their artists massively and got us in the charts and they work with Rival Sons and Blackberry Smoke. They're, they're the sort of bands that we aspire to. And Rival right. Sons were on the Aerosmith tour and were yes. out on the road with Rolling Stones a couple of years ago. So right. there's, there's a journey there and we want to be part of that and we just sort of make an inroad to it. That would be awesome. It'd be great to see you guys with Rival Sons. Um, it seems like pop is a huge scene in the UK, yeah. maybe. Being a part of the music business mm-hmm. in the UK as a rock and roll band, for me, it felt for a very long time like you're just outsiders. And it was never like that. London used to be like a place where rock and roll was made, but now it's not. not a rock town. It's not a rock music town. It's a dance, hip-hop. You know what? I know rock lives i know people love badass rock and roll uh-huh. and i know we're good at it 
So I was like, we just keep doing what we do. And eventually someone will recognize that. And, you know, think about the businesses. And this is in all honesty. Once I started realizing is that labels and publishers and need you as much as you need them, that's when you start getting success. Because you realize if you've got something good, then you have something to contribute to the world. And you shouldn't be on the back foot about that and constantly be saying, I'll be whatever you need me to be. That's how you end up squashed and spat out. But if you're like, no, 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 this is us. you have conversations with your label from time to time. And I think with age comes that time where you can say, actually, no, I, I don't want to do that. Or I don't think that's a good idea. And, and a good label will go, yeah, fair enough. And sometimes you do have to, you know, compromise and say, you know what, whatever you want. But I'm not wearing a chimpanzee suit today. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't know. People know when it's yeah. real and when it's not. And it's only going to last so long if it's contrived and you're trying to do something that someone's telling you to do. It's not your suit. It's the chimpanzee's suit. And we'd know that right away. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and you know, and in yourself, you just feel it. And you're like, oh, this is, it's not real. Yeah. So and how can it one... be great if to watch you do it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot of our listeners are into chick rock. Any of the chicks within Temptation, Amy Lee, in this moment, are you inspired by some of the great strides that some of the gals are making out there with their bands? I'm more into um, my favorite female artists are a bit more esoteric. I love Florence Welsh from Florence of the Machine. Laura Marling, who's a a British singer-songwriter. I'll tell you what, Larkin Poe, though, I've seen a couple of times. I mean, I love them because... To me, they're a bit more like rootsy and country. But over here, they're sort of sat in the kind of rock category, which which is fine. You know, they're both great guitarists and they've got a band. So good on them. Adam's a big fan of them as well. Cool that there's more people getting involved in rock. Doesn't have to be the typical four dudes (laughs) doing their thing. Or nine dudes in a mask, depending on who. Yeah. (laughs) I started listening to Lizzie Hale. I wasn't sure how I was going to deal with a female in a heavy rock setting, but I think some of them have done real well. To me, it was like a strange new world, like you were talking about. It it should be four dudes. What's going on? You know, where's Bon Scott? What's happening? I think they've changed the makeup of the like heavier rock scene. So we're doing a headline tour in uh, the UK in December, and our support band are all all female rock band called the hot dam which i'd recommend checking out they're great so they'll be on on the road with us and definitely one to look out for the other thing i noticed was and again this could be just me because i make it my job to go out and find things that are new that are that might be pleasant to fans of rock. So a lot of bands out of Holland. Um, I play a lot of Apocalyptica, Within Temptation, Volbeat. Do you find compatriots, you know, throughout Europe that are contemporaries that you appreciate performing with or other bands that that people might enjoy? Hopefully we'll find out when we go mm-hmm. out. To, we are going to Holland and Germany in, in a few weeks. Ghost that went on the road with Metallica. Right. And then in those countries, it's the, the bands that come up on the radar over here tend to be the sort of most successful ones. And there's probably a lot more kind of out there like us that are trying to fight their way. What's the deal with the name? Is there something I can uh, use to remind my listeners that they need to remember? TDC? When we were kind of putting the name together, we wanted something that sounded iconic and classic and, you know, but had a meaning behind it. And so... Uh 
when you think about the kind of music we make, it resembles, for me, a lot of lost highways, a lot of dusty, lost rock and roll highways. Oh, very nice. Okay. And coda is a term that essentially means the reprise of music at the end of a piece from the start. So theoretically, what TDC is, we are a dust coda. We're taking the rock and dusty rock and roll from the past and bring it into the future, baby. I love that it. Is how we're rocking. So as per Scott Miller's recommendation, let's check out The Hot Damn and this one, Dance Around. I think you're going to like it. Jabo, add him to the chick rock. Welcome aboard the Magic Bus, Cats and Kittens. It's the last hour of the last day of the week here on Friday. We've been having a blast and happy to play all of your favorite tunes, no matter what they are or where they come from. Well, within reason. And when we're talking about Joe Mama's ability to reason, (laughs) everything normal goes out the window. Today's our last time to hear a few words from lead singer John Drake and drummer Scott Miller of the Dust Coda. We're hoping for great things from them. We love what we've already gotten and uh, looking forward to maybe having a chance to see them live. Is there going to be a chance to see you? Maybe some festival? Yeah, no, it's it's obviously this year, last year, a bit of a dud for live music, but they're really positive thing for us is next year's looking great in terms Good. of was across um the uk and into europe um there's nice. one one that has been announced uh rock imperium in spain which is a brand new festival but it's headlined by white snake and scorpions and black label society there so that I really mean, that our, yeah the, that is our market. i love like zach zach the yeah, wild zach man Wilde, he is yeah. the man for us just to be you know to be on that poster is great and obviously to be recognized as a band that can fit within a bill like that oh is, yeah it's really yeah. encouraging and you look at it you know i suppose it's a good and bad thing but it is still headlined by white snake and scorpions who between them have probably got 100 years experience right but yeah they're now given some of the smaller slots but still slots of these big festivals to bands like us right we actually see in europe probably even more support than certain parts of the UK. Of the UK itself, yeah. Yeah, there's, I think they still, um, there's still a sort of aura around British rock, which is great because of the heritage that British rock is. Nice, about. yeah. That yeah. gives us an advantage. And then uh, hopefully they, they think we follow it up with the quality. So there's, there's a bit of demand for us to go out to Europe, which we'll do with Mojo Skyline. It, it hit yeah. the top, I think, 150 for new albums or and, and in the rock charts as well, which... Top 55 for rock albums. We didn't have a US marketing plan because I think if you hit up the US, you've got to do it properly. Find our album organically sold well enough to get on the radar over in the States. And, you know, that's the ultimate dream for the bands like us at some point to really hit up America. So maybe when you're back over, you'll you'll see us at some point. That's what we want. We'd love to have you. We love. I'll just keep playing it on the FM. That'll only do so much. Yeah. We'll keep up with you guys and look forward to having a chance to see you. And what about recording? Recording. Are there more records in the offing? Yeah, we're working on the next one. Got some banging tunes. We're kind of writing at the moment. We've got some killer numbers coming up. I'm very excited. It won't see the light of day for a while, but don't you worry. Album three is going to be part of that trilogy. First it's three albums. Way. Yeah. I'm, so, and we love it. We love it in Michigan. We'll keep in touch with you guys. Thanks very yeah, much. Thanks for all your support. It's, uh, it's really appreciated. Thanks a lot, darling. Nice to speak <laughs> to you. Okay. So let's just be clear. I just like to hear them say properly and call me darling. <laughs> and I like banging tunes too. Mm-hmm.